Disengaging is such a hot topic in the STEM space. And there's a lot of talk online about the power of disengaging and taking a step back from dealing with the stressors around your stepkids or maybe even the ex. And there's this mindset that says, not my kids, not my problem. But I disagree. I'm not sure if you've noticed or not, but it kind of is your problem. It affects you, maybe even on the daily. I am a huge fan of disengaging though, but it has to be in a mindful and deliberate way. In fact, I think that there is a right and a wrong way to disengage. Do it the right way and it can improve your relationships, improve your mental health, reset the foundation of your step family life, but do it in the wrong way and well, it can just make things a hell of a lot worse. If you are a stepmom and you're wondering if you should disengage and you want to learn the right way to do it, I have a free quiz that you can take. It takes less than 60 seconds. All you have to do is go through, answer a few questions, and then I will tell you if disengaging is the right move for you. And if it is, I have some resources to help you figure out exactly how to do it in a way that can help you improve relationships, reset your step family life, and give you the breather that you need. I'm going to warn you though, you have to be prepared to throw everything you thought you knew and understood about disengaging out the window. If you want to know if disengaging is right for you, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash should I disengage. You can also DM me the word disengage on Instagram, and I will send the link right to your DMs. That's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash should I disengage. Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the kick-ass stepmom podcast guys. Today we're diving into all things back to school as a stepmom. We are actually still on summer vacation here for, I think we have three or four more weeks. However, I know that a lot of my listeners from the U S are already in back to school mode or you're prepping for back to school. So I thought I would do an episode on how to minimize back to school stress as a stepmom, because you know, as much as it's great to get the kids back into routine and structure and, you know, maybe less childcare needs and all that kind of stuff, there are a lot of stressors that come with co-parenting and back to school, who's doing what, all the things. So I have some tips and strategies for you. It's not going to make things perfect, but hopefully this will help you just have a different mindset and feel like you have the ability to be a little more proactive with your stressors this back to school season or this school year than you have been in the past. I will say though, we are really out of the back to school trenches now that the kids are older. So we have Reese. So Reese is our ours baby. She's going into grade four. And so there's no complications there. Darren and I are together. We don't have to co-parent. So it's just kind of like business as usual with back to school with her. But my stepkids, you know, my youngest stepson, he is going into grade 11. So he's kind of the last kid that we have to deal with that kind of stuff with. Maddie is going to her third year university. My stepson, Ethan, is doing an apprenticeship. He's in the classroom for the first few months of September. But again, like they're not even going to be living in our home during this time. So we're out of the trenches. The crazy thing is too, is my youngest stepson, who was five when I came into his world, 
He's going to be getting his license in September too. So we aren't going to have to worry about any of the driving and the back and forth and all that kind of stuff. So if you're in the trenches right now, please know it does get easier. There was a time where I, I didn't think that any of the BS that we were dealing with would ever end. But now that I look back, I'm like, wow, that did actually go fairly quickly. Anyway, so I know that when I look back on our experience with back to school and the kids are younger, and then looking at the comments and things that you guys are saying in the chat room of the Kick-Ass Stepmom community and on Instagram, I know that a lot of stepmom experience a lot of stress with back to school and all the logistics that come around that. So again, today I'm going to share some tips that have worked for me and work for others and minimizing stress around this time. And then I am also going to dive into some kind of answers to some of the stressors that you guys shared on Instagram. So I did like a little question box on Instagram and I was like, what is the most triggering for you when it comes to back to school? And you guys said some pretty common answers. So I'm going to go through them as well. All right, let's get to the tips. So many stepmoms are blindsided or they feel like they're frustrated when they're blindsided by, you know, days off or unforeseen needs of childcare when the kids are in school. They feel like there's a lack of communication with the other home. Sometimes they feel like they are on the list when it comes to communication from the school. So the first thing that I recommend doing is taking some time, going to the school board website or your school's website and downloading the calendar and writing down all the important dates. So PD days, which are what we call our days off here in Ontario, school breaks, early dismissals, concerts, pizza days, like whatever you can get in your calendar ahead of time, the better. So carve out some time, get it all uploaded. And then if you need to arrange childcare for any of those days or make arrangements, get on it or make a reminder to do it a couple weeks before it comes up in your calendar. Either way, this way, you're not going to be blindsided by days off or things that are going on. Because I know a lot of stepmoms are like, what the hell? I didn't know that the kids are off on Friday. Now I'm expected to stay home with them. And they're like, this is not fair. I didn't know. Why am I not in the loop about communication? So this is a really good way for you to be proactive and get ahead so that you don't have to experience that. So speaking of communication with the school, they often send emails. Well, it's 2023. I'm sure they send a lot of emails. And if you were not already on the list, I would ask your partner to contact the school and have them put you on the list. So sometimes this is an issue with the ex and often they're maybe insecure or buying into the whole stepmom, mom, turf war, pissing match that doesn't serve anyone. And if that's the case, maybe you don't need to even tell her that you're on the list. So I know it's like there's emergency contact list and then there's the communication list. So your partner could just try to get you on that mass email list for the school and for the teacher. Hopefully you can make that happen. If you can't do that, I do think it's worth creating maybe a separate joint email address that both you and your partner have access to or that you get the forward from so that, again, you're in the loop. So whenever the school says an email, you know what's up. The very least, if that can't happen, every time an email comes in from the school, have your partner forward it over. The other thing I think is really important is communication with the school. So your partner really should be updating the school on the custody schedule and the situation so that everyone is on the same page. I think the teacher really does need to know the schedule that you guys have, especially when the kids are younger, so that maybe if your stepkids are a little out of sorts on transition day or they don't know where they're going after school because maybe the schedule is a little bit confusing, their teacher can help support them. Now, if you are in one of those situations where the ex is adamant that the stepmom has nothing to do with the school and knows nothing, I do think it's time for a frank conversation with her by your partner. So this is especially true if you were in, say, a caregiving role with the kids. It is in their best interest 
for you to know what's going on with school. Like this isn't about you. This is about them. And this helps them succeed. So that conversation with the ex or the email to the ex could say something along the lines of, I know that you have an issue and you're not open to stepmom's name here, being involved in anything with the school, but I would like you to reconsider having her on the list. This is not about you. It is about the kids and it's in their best interest to have everyone involved in their life or in a caregiving role in the loop about what's going on. This is not about the stepmom overstepping the role of the mom. This is literally the stepmom trying to support the kids while they're in their home. And it only helps them be successful in school. Like, can we just stop with that stepmom, mom pissing match, right? You're all on the same team. So another thing that is also really helpful is getting super clear about who is doing what. So a list of responsibilities. So that's something that really comes up with a lot of stepmoms. They're like, oh, I didn't know this was going to be our responsibility or the mom is pushing this on us during our time. There's just like so much confusion about who is doing what. So when Darren ended up going back to court, I think it was like a couple years into our relationship, we proposed to add a list of responsibilities into their agreement. So in that agreement, there's a list of what Darren is responsible. So what our household is responsible for and what she's responsible for. And it has been a saving grace. So this is super specific. So the list of responsibilities include things like appointments, dentist, eye appointment, back to school clothes, winter clothes, boots, who's in charge of doing everything for the kids. That way there's no misunderstandings. So if you feel like you're always doing these things and it's always falling on you, but you're just waiting to see if mom's going to do it or not, it might be worth just proposing a list and put it on your list and just take care of it. And you don't have to worry about just the misunderstanding about who is doing what. So I think that is a really good way to get on top of things at the beginning of the year, really just seeing how proactive you can be. So something that has really been helpful for me, I heard it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, is how can we make this easier? How can I make this easier? So I really think that's a great question to ask yourself when it comes to your step family life and your co-parenting. So even if you have a co-parent or even if the ex is not interested in co-parenting with you, not interested in communicating, what can you do to be more proactive? What can you do to predict things before they happen? A lot of stepmoms will find themselves in the same situations over and over and over again, feeling out of the loop with communication, not asking to know what's going on with the kids, feeling like they don't know what's going on with the school. Like, what can you do to prevent this from happening ahead of time? And I know there's things that we don't have control over. I know that as a stepmom, there are so many things that feel unfair, but don't get caught up in that victim mentality where you're just thinking about all the things that you don't have control of and focus on all the things that you do. I want to tell you something. There was a time in my life when I would never spend money on pajamas. I didn't think I really had pajamas. I wanted to invest my funds into things that I would wear outside of the house. When I had to buy my first sheet set, I did not understand why someone would invest in anything but the least expensive sheets possible. I didn't get it. That was me in my early 20s. Now that I'm in my late 30s, I realized just how wrong that was. Investing in bedding and loungewear and pajamas makes all the sense in the world. My go-to, as you know, is Cozy Earth. From their PJs to their loungewear to their temperature-regulating sheets made from bamboo viscose, Cozy Earth has helped me level up my quality of sleep and how I feel when I'm in lounge mode. 
The first thing that I do when I get home is either switch into a cozy bamboo jogger set or right into my PJs. Sleeping in my duvet cover and sheet set made from the premium viscose bamboo is like a freaking dream. Temperature regulating sheets are definitely the move. It is no surprise that Cozy Earth has made Oprah's favorite things several years in a row. Their products are next level and these are the softest clothes that I own. Right now, I'm actually in the process of going through all of my clothes and purging things that don't make me feel or look right. And most of my loungewear is out. I'm all about the cozy earth. The best part of the loungewear is that it just doesn't look sloppy. You can totally go out of the house and look completely put together. I even wore a set recording podcast last week. Now, Cozy Earth has given listeners of the podcast 40% off any purchase with the code COZYJAMIE40. That's CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off. www.CozyEarth.com and use the code CozyJamie40 for 40% off. I have been obsessed with mocktails lately, and I have a new one that I want to share with you. It is super refreshing. It's called the Grapefruit Mint Refresher. Here's the recipe. A half a cup of water, a cup of ice, two sprigs of mint, and a half stick pack of Element Grapefruit Salt. You know I'm a huge lover of Element, which is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, etc. Formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet, from professional athletes to everyday moms, it's for everyone. Now, not only am I drinking Element before and after workouts, when I need to rehydrate, when I'm traveling, and after some wine, I now use it to make my mocktails and cocktails. Seriously, throw in some lime salt with some soda, tequila, lime, and mint, and it is also extremely delicious. 100 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Staying hydrated is crucial and a huge priority of mine. Proper hydration isn't just about drinking water, though. It means having adequate water and electrolytes. When you purchase Element from www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash kickassstepmom, Element is giving my listeners, a free sample pack so that you can try all the flavors and pick your faves. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom to get a free sample pack with your purchase. All right, so now I'm going to go through some of the comments that came in on Instagram about stepmom stressors from you guys. All right. So the first stressor that came in is mom wants us to meet her on the first day of school and there's a lack of help with his schoolwork. Okay. So here are my thoughts on this. If you don't want to go meet her on the first day of school, don't go meet her on the first day of school. Like you guys don't have to, you can do your first day of school tradition and they can do their first day of school tradition. However, it could be a nice tradition for you guys to do together. It really just depends on your comfort level, but this is a really big challenge. A lot of co-parents have, and a lot of stepmoms really want to be involved in this. And if you're being invited to be involved, I don't know, it might be something that you want to consider when it comes to homework and the lack of help with homework. I think we need to be really careful about being too judgmental about what's happening at each other's houses. I'm not saying that she's not totally like screwing the pooch when it comes to homework that could totally be possible. But I do feel like as stepmoms, we can be extra critical of what's going on over there. So just be mindful of that. 
But the key here really is to focus on what you can do in your own home and let her manage how she does things in hers. And yes, is it a pain when they come back to your house and homework isn't done and you have to be more focused on school? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you get to be there for your stepchild. You get to be there to support them and you can't control another person. Another option, though, I just thought of something for the first day of school is if you want to do it separately, one thing that we did with my stepchildren. So if they had first day of school with their mom, that was her thing. We didn't go see them on the first day of school, whatever. Then the first day of school that they came back and were with us, we did a first day of school do over. So we would do the picture, do the whole thing. We even would have this like nice little sign when I was, you know, the type of mom who would had it together enough to do those kinds of signs, we would have like first day of school do over on the sign. So we just kind of made it fun. All right. Next stressor is wanting to be prepared, but also not want to overstep. I think that you do whatever you need to do to be prepared in your own home. So don't worry about overstepping there. Next stressor, not being included in school stuff, but being told to keep on top of it. Like how? Yeah, this is a prime example of how stepmoms are like set up to fail all the time. So again, goes back to what I was saying before. Often stepmoms are expected to support stepkids in all things school, but then they're not kept in the loop about what's going on with school. So they're running around doing these last minute stuff for projects. So they don't know about deadlines and things are falling on them last minute. So I think this is where the conversation that I mentioned above needs to come into play. And I think it's in the kid's best interest for everyone to know what's up. And I think that there's so many divorced families right now that if you did have a conversation with the school and it's all about being in the kid's best interest, hopefully they're on board to open up some communication there. All right, next, we pay for everything and she decides if it's deemed necessary to pay her half. Yeah, this is a super common stressor for a lot of families and just a, you know, disagreements on what's necessary for back to school, what are necessary supplies, how much do you spend on back to school, all of that kind of stuff. And there's definitely different perspectives about what is necessary. So I was usually the one to do back to school shopping with my stepkids. And I remember having disagreements about whether they needed a new lunch bag or not. I thought they needed a new lunch bag. She did not. She's like, I'm not paying for half a lunch bag. And that's her choice, right? At the end of the day, Those are the little things where there's going to be disagreements about what is necessary and what isn't. So I think it's always important to just document this kind of stuff. But I think the move here is just to decide what you're willing to pay for when it comes to these expenses and be okay if she's not going to pay for her half. Most agreements have something that says expenses should be agreed upon before purchasing. And I do think it's something you need to be aware of and just get super clear on your budget and don't get into a fight over $5 here, $30 for an extra lunch bag or stuff like that. And we used to get caught up in this kind of stuff all the time. And it was really frustrating. And I remember feeling like, well, why are we paying for so much of everything? This isn't fair, all the things. And honestly, it's not fair. There's a lot of things that aren't fair, but I do think that it's really important to look ahead and be like, okay, does this really matter? Is it really the worth the fight over $30 for a lunch bag, right? If you think it's necessary to have a lunch bag, get the lunch bag, right? I know some people would say, then the lunch bag can stay at our house. I totally get that. And it's right in a lot of situations, but I do think it's important to consider it's, it's the kid's lunch bag, right? So you don't want them to feel like they have to leave stuff here when they go to their mom's house and then they don't get to have their favorite lunch bag. Like think about it as what you're doing for the kids, not what you're doing for her. That's a really good mindset shift that will help you feel a little bit more comfortable paying for things that 
maybe the other person isn't going to, you know, pick up their slack on. Does that say right? Pick up their slack? I don't know. You get what I mean, guys. So another really helpful strategy here is is creating a list of what the kids need for back to school, right? Again, putting that into your co-parenting plan whenever possible. I just think that the more specific you can be in your co-parenting plan, the better. Next one is I want to buy bags, lunch boxes, and stuff like that, but mom says it's not my place. Okay, I am going to say something here and I'm positive that I'm going to get some flack for it, but this is how I feel. So I get that as a mom, this is something I really enjoy doing with Reese. And if Darren and I split, like this is something I've always done. So if Darren and I split, I would have an issue if Darren had a new girlfriend or a stepmom who came in and wanted to do all these things for Reese. I think the thing is, is there something that you can do to add on to that tradition or something you can do differently with the kids to add in a tradition of your own? So maybe it's back to school shopping for clothes at your home or a new overnight bag to go back and forth. And I get that this sucks. I like, I love back to school. I totally love doing all the back to school stuff. And I know this sounds really contradictory because I just said that I think that the, if the mom wants to do it, she should be able to do it. And then I also said that I was the one who did back to school shopping at our house for my stepkids. So it ended up being on our list of things. And I think, and I'm just assuming that I value doing these things a lot more than my stepkids mom does. Like she didn't seem like she really cared about doing these things and it wasn't a big deal for her, which is fine. Like everyone has their different areas of interest and their different things that they think is important and fun and all of that kind of stuff. So again, I'm just assuming, but it was never an issue. And so it ended up being on our list and something that I've always really taken care of. So I can empathize with the stepmom because I love doing it too. And I can see why she would want to do it, but I just think it's maybe not worth the conflict that it could cause with mom. If you went to overstep and, and do these kind of things, when that's something that she's always done. The other option is to suggest an every other year thing. So maybe on odd years, you do back to school on even years she does. But again, that doesn't sound like it would go over very well. Okay. Next one is I have an issue that clothes go to moms and they never come back. Girl, preach it. (laughs) Honestly, this was such a big struggle for us. There were so many times when my stepson, all he wanted to do was bring his skinny jeans from Joe Fresh to his mom's house and they would go and then they not come back. Or we would have tons of clothes here and then all of a sudden there would be no clothes. I'm like, where are all the clothes? So I get it. Part of it's out of your control, but there are some things that you can do to increase the likelihood that these things are going to come back. So I do have actually have a free guide that I created with tips for transitioning clothes between mom's and dad's house. So you can download it through www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash give the clothes back. So again, this used to be a huge stressor of mine. I'll share a few things that we did to help. And some of these tips are in the guide. Often I would just drive and have them get their stuff, right? We live close enough that I can be like, oh, you forgot something. I would just whip over and get it. And I know that a lot of stepmoms are like, I shouldn't have to do this. The kids should remember. She should be remembering to bring them back. Well, there's a lot of shoulds here, right? And you can't control. So if you are in the thick of this right now, please know it does pass because now it's not even an issue. The kids are driving. They're pretty good about remembering their stuff, but it was a big issue in the early days. So some strategies also include having a special bag that goes back and forth. So if there's something that needs to go back to mom's house or needs to go back to dad's house, teach the kids to put it in that special bag. You can label them. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that just pisses mom off. 
You can call the kids the day before and remind them to grab a couple things and put them in that bag. You can make sure that you're returning her stuff as well. And the other thing is to not assume that there's ill intent behind that on behalf of mom. Like in most cases, she's not like, oh, I love these clothes. I do not want the kids to have them. I'm going to steal them to piss stepmom off. Like that's probably not what she's doing. Sometimes things get busy or maybe she just doesn't even know what the pants are, right? Different moms and different stepmoms have different priorities around this kind of stuff. So I know exactly every piece of clothing that Reese has. It's important to me. I know what she has. I know where it is. I knew everything that my stepkids had. I know their mom wasn't the same. I know she really didn't care about that. Like she made comments like, I don't even like know about these pants, right? So to assume that they're just purposely not sending them back, it's not always fair. So Sometimes life gets busy. Sometimes you just forget. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things happening in the shuffle. So again, just giving a little bit of a grace and knowing that this too shall pass. Next stressor is not getting copies of report cards or being invited to school events. Again, contact the school, get on the list, put the events in your calendar and let them know that you will be coming. Next, knowing all the money that we spend is just so her mom can wear all of her clothes. They are the same size. So you're buying the clothes and then mom's wearing them. Okay. I get that would be kind of annoying and a little triggering. I would try to change your mindset around this because there's nothing that you can do about it. So think about it. They are for your stepdaughter and she wears them and she loves them and she chooses to allow her mom to borrow them, but they're actually for her. But that would annoy me too. After school activities, who pays for them and who takes them to their activities? So anything to do with payments really should be outlined in your agreement. Is it a split expense or is it based on income? So I don't know how they handle things in the States. I'm sure it's different state by state, but here in Ontario, many of the activities are deemed section seven expenses. So that means if something's a section seven expense, it's not necessarily split 50, 50, it's split based on income. So if one parent makes more than the other, they would be responsible for paying a higher percentage of that expense. So for example, one parent could be responsible for paying 70% of hockey and the other parent could be responsible for paying 30. I think it is very, very, very important. Again, I know I'm all about being super clear to get clear on what is a section seven expense and what isn't because this often comes with arguments, right? So Some parents want to split it 50-50. Someone else thinks it's a Section 7 expense. There's a lot of gray area in the legislation or the guidelines or whatever on this. So get really clear on what is a Section 7 expense and what isn't. Create a list. Do what you can. And if you're like, okay, Jamie, I'm working with a very high conflict X here. Like we can't sit down and create lists together. I think a really good strategy is to put it on her. Be like, hey, We just want to get super clear on what this should look like just to avoid conflict moving forward. What do you think should be a section seven expense and put the power in her hands? Like let her feel like she has a little bit more control and then you guys can go from there. So asking her instead of telling her can really make a difference. All right. My stepkids school is far from my home. It takes two hours to drive per day. That sucks for you. And also for the kids, that's a huge commute. I think Is there anything you can do for the schedule to try to accommodate that? Why is that on you to do all of the driving? Like I have a lot of questions there, but when you're living far away from your kids and have them on a regular basis, I just, I think it's a lot. 
Okay, having to meet up with her and her husband for back to school night for both of the high schoolers. So yeah, we kind of talked about this with the back to school or the first day of school. But these meetups, I'll tell you, if you are worried about meeting the ex at a joint event or like something like that, they're always more stressful before the event than the actual stress is. So the anxiety and the stories you tell yourself and the worries about it and the insecurities is a hell of a lot worse than what it's actually like to go to this event. So I think you put your big girl panties on, you go, you be child focused, you be polite. Even if you're in a high conflict situation, your best stepmom self show up as her. And the good thing about the situation is that you're invited. So, so many stepmoms are not welcome at these events. So many stepmoms want to be included. So you're included. So this is great. This is a great sign and a really good opportunity to present as a united front for the kids, for everyone to be there to support the kids. So go (laughs) and just, yeah, put your big girl panties on. The other piece is if it's that stressful for you, you can just opt to not go. You don't have to go. Your partner can go. He can go get the information and provide you with anything that you need to know afterwards. In fact, there's a lot of situations where stepmoms are stressed out because they're told they're not welcome at parent-teacher night. It's a huge issue with the ex, and ex is like, she's not welcome, she's not a parent, or whatever the situation is. In those situations, I just don't think it's worth the stress. Your partner can go, he can give you the update, you can also book something separately for just the two of you. So again, do not get caught up in the stepmom mom pissing match. You are better than that. We are better than that. Okay. Either way, I do not think it's worth sweating these events. All right. Stepkids are asking to stay home by themselves. I think if they're the legal age to do that, it's great. As long as there's some ground rules and expectations. I loved staying home as a kid. I'm sure you did too. I love when the kids could stay home alone. It made last minute trips to the grocery store a lot less painful. You don't have to pack them all up in the car. It's just a great step towards some more independence. I know in Ontario, there's also a stay at home alone course that they can take just so there's a safety plan so they know what to do if something happens. So yeah, I think it's great for kids to stay home alone. You know, obviously there's a stress sometimes for stepmoms. They're like, there's going to be a mess. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. You have to remember this is their home too, right? You want them to feel like this is their home as well and tell them to clean up their mess. (laughs) All right. Communication with the teacher. I manage homework on our side, but BM does not like it and withholds info. Again, I think my tips about getting on the list and having conversations with the teacher is really important. I think mama's got to check her ego and do what's best for the kids. I am tired of buying all the back to school things, clothes, shoes, and supplies. Again, this really should be a split expense, but I do find it interesting. So some stepmoms are feeling stressed out that they have to buy all the supplies and some stepmoms are just dying to buy the supplies. So it's just interesting. Every, every situation is different. Okay. Agreeing on extracurriculars. This is also something that comes up because there'll be different ideas about what is reasonable for extracurriculars, what they want the kids in. Some homes are really all in on the extracurriculars, other homes not so much. So I think this comes down to what do the kids want? What do they want to do? And if the kids want to do something and it's reasonable, I don't think it should be withheld from them. We had a thing in Darren's agreement that said that neither parent shall deny any extracurricular that is reasonable and in the best interest of the kids. I think this is a really good idea to add into most agreements. And if the other parent doesn't agree, then it's really hard and it's really sad. Sometimes I think that parents' agendas are taking you know, precedent over what's best for the kids in these situations. 
I also know there's situations where one parent will sign them up for something and they make it clear to the coach that they're in a situation where sometimes the other parent doesn't want to take them and they make accommodations for that. It's not fair for the kids or I don't know. It's really, really hard, but that is also an option. The other thing is you can just bite it, pay for it and arrange for the transportation. And it's annoying that mom won't do it or the other parent won't do it. But again, it's really easy to get caught up on who's right and who's wrong and what should be fair and who should be doing what, but you can't control another person. I know I keep saying this over and over and over again. You got to just do what's best for the kids. Next stressed is the constant busyness and taxi duty. I got it. I've been there. It doesn't feel like it right now, but it will go quickly. So some tips are carpooling, asking for help, making sure everything doesn't fall on you. You know, you shouldn't be responsible for everything unless that's something that you're willing to do. Half days, who is going to take off the half day for the kids? So again, I believe that all agreements should have something in place for non-school days or half school days. So for us, transition time was always after school or 6 p.m. I think it was on non-school days. So in the event that someone was sick or there was a PD day, there was, it was a holiday, we knew what time transition day was. So if there was a kid who was sick and that parent had them in the morning, they were responsible for the sick day. It was their responsibility to figure that out because transition time was after school or at six. I do think that if it's a half day, it would be the parent who is receiving the kid that day's responsibility to make arrangements for pickup or childcare. Again, this is one of those things that you should be figuring out at the beginning of the year to avoid conflict. All right. Feeling out of place at back to school events, but also knowing that my presence is valid. So it feels like you're out of place because you're new, just like when you're the new kid at school or you're new at work or you're new in a friend group or whatever. So that's normal. Keep showing up, keep being there for the kids and for your partner. And soon you will find your place. Having to introduce myself as a stepmom and then getting the awkward, oh, hi. All right, I have two thoughts on this. One is if anyone is openly rude to you about being a stepmom, it is about their insecurities and not yours. You probably like represent their worst nightmare. Number two, we are often extra sensitive and take things like in a way that's not intended. So sometimes we think they're being judgmental or they think they're being not kind because we're a stepmom, but we're going in with these stories and these insecurities and it's impacting how we are perceiving situations. So just check yourself and make sure that's not happening. But again, keep showing up. You'll find your people. And don't worry if anyone is judging you for being a stepmom. There are still a couple moms who are not so nice to me. There's like an underlying tone in their comments to me that I know that they've got some stuff going on. And I also know that's not about me. It's about them. So keep being you. All right, we have two more left here. Next one is germs with a new baby coming home from school. So I get the nervousness that comes with germs coming home from school. You have a new baby, you want them to be healthy, but there is good news here. If your kids have, or your baby has older siblings and are exposed to a lot of different environments, they are going to build up their immunity fast. So you're going to get over this situation sooner than later. So often children who are only children or who don't go to daycare, when they go to school, they're constantly sick. So being exposed to the older kids from the beginning of their life really helps them build up that strong immune system. So for example, my sister had young kids who were really young during COVID and lockdown. So they weren't exposed to much at a young age. When they went to school for the first time, they were constantly sick. Like every other day, she had someone who was sick. 
Like it was crazy for her that year at school because she couldn't get any work done because there was literally a kid home every single day. Well, I'm exaggerating, but her kids were sick a lot. Then on the flip side, Reese always had older kids around. She went to daycare early. She was around the older kids when they were in school. We had her at the hockey arena as a baby most nights of the week, just because the older kids had stuff going on. And she, to this day, rarely gets sick. So there are pros here. Just tell them to wash their hands and, and try to be careful. Okay, first day of school pictures. Mom has reposted photos as if she was there. Okay, I have heard this from a few stepmoms over the years, and I want to challenge this a bit. Is mom posting photos saying, these are my kids on the first day of school and I was with them. I took this photo. Or is she just posting her babies on the first day of school just like every other mom is doing because she's not with them, but she still wants to post what they look like on the first day of school. Like I could be wrong, but I think in most situations, she's just sharing her kids. It is hard for moms not to be with their kids on the first day of school. So I have some empathy for that. We would always send first day of school photo to my stepkids mom. I don't know if she posted or not because I don't follow her, but if she did whatever, like, why do you care? I I think we really need to like, why do you care? Do you need like a big photo cred that stepmom took the photo of the kids in the first day of school? Like we have to really check ourselves on this. I know that probably wasn't the response that you were expecting if you submitted this, but I really think like we have to check ourselves. Like, does this even matter? So in short, to kind of wrap this up, I think we really have to try to keep perspective about the back to school stressors, understand this too shall pass. Everything is a phase, pick your battles, focus on what happens in your own home and keep things very child centered, even if it doesn't feel like the other house is. And remember, sometimes peace is better than being right. All right, guys, that's it for this one. Again, don't forget, I do have that guide for transitioning clothes between the kids' houses. So you can download that. I've linked it in the show notes. And yeah, that's it for this one. I will chat with you next week. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode and know someone that it would resonate with, do me a favor and send it their way. And if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. I am so passionate about opening up the conversation about blended family life and debunking the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. And you sharing this podcast helps me do just that. Now, if you're craving more podcast episodes and interviews, would like to connect with me and get access to workshops like how to disengage the right way, how to improve your relationship with your stepkids, how to talk to your partner about your stepfamily stress without causing a bigger fight and more, you have to check out my membership, the Kick-Ass Stepmom Community. Not only will this community give you access to strategies and tips to improve your stepfamily life, you can connect with me and stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world in our private chat and our live Q&As. Head to www.kickassstepmom.com to join.